This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you could have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a car. It's the two-door coupe that was there for your first drive. The hatchback that took you cross-country and back. And the minivan that tackles the weekly carpool. For the cars you couldn't live without, Trust Amica Auto Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Tonight, what we're learning about the warning signs at that deadly concert in Texas, the criminal investigation, new details about the victims, and the first lawsuits against rapper Travis Scott. The shocking video and cries for help. The big question, why the multi-platinum rapper continued the concert for more than 30 minutes after a mass casualty incident was declared. Plus the story of a man who died while trying to save his fiancée. Lone survivor testifies. A paramedic who was shot by Kyle Rittenhouse during a protest over a police shooting takes the stand. His tense confrontation with the teenager who shot him. Tourists welcome, well, if you're vaccinated. After 20 months, the U.S. opens its borders to some international travelers, the emotional family reunions. Severe shortages, America's food banks struggling to feed families in need. Why the supply chain chaos is to blame. Tragic mix-up at a fertility clinic. What two couples endured and what happened to their children. Fatty food risk, the new research from the American Heart Association, what you should eat to prevent a stroke. And our series all this week, ahead of Veterans Day, honoring our heroes. Thousands take an American flag on an epic journey. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting from the nation's capital. Good evening, and thank you so much for joining us. We're going to begin with harrowing new details from that deadly crush of people at a rap concert in Houston. The FBI is now assisting in the criminal investigation into the Friday night tragedy, which left eight people dead. Hundreds more were hurt, and at least 13 people are still in the hospital. Well, tonight, a new timeline is emerging as we learned today that Houston's police chief met with rapper Travis Scott just right before the concert and voiced his concerns about crowd control. 
This isn't the first time one of the rapper's concerts led to violence. More that on that in just a minute. But now Travis Scott faces more than a dozen lawsuits. We're also learning more about the victims. They range in age from 14 to 27 years old. John Hilgert was a ninth grader. 16-year-old Brianna Rodriguez, a high school junior who loved to dance. And 23-year-old Rudy Pena wanted to become a Border Patrol agent. They were among the nearly 50,000 people at that sold-out festival. CBS's Lila Luciano has been in Houston all weekend and reporting for us again tonight. Good evening, Good evening Lilia. Good evening to you, Nora. There's grief and there's anger tonight among the family members of those who died. Today, one father told us that he was assured his son had survived and later spent more than a day trying to find him until he finally discovered his death online. There are just so many questions around how this could have happened. Even before Travis Scott's performance, Houston's police chief says he met with a rap star to express his concerns about security. But that wasn't enough to prevent the deadly crush of a frenzied crowd. The cell phone video shows panicked fans begging for help while Scott performs. And minutes later, first responders struggling to save the injured. Kayla J says she comforted a man on the ground. I just held his head and his, you know, his arms at him. I just held him and I just told him I was sorry. Eight people were killed, including Donish Baig. He died saving his fiance. She was getting hurt, hit, left and right. He didn't deserve it. Travis Scott, you are... You you are the one who's liable. You got blood on your hands, man. Investigators are now looking into whether the festival could have been stopped sooner by Travis Scott himself. Scott took to the stage at around 9 p.m. Friday. By 9.30, police saw fans collapsing. At 9.38, the concert was declared a mass casualty event. But Scott did not stop performing until after 10 p.m. He did stop briefly to get help for someone in the crowd. Somebody help him. Somebody passed out right here. He eventually continued on with the show, but there were early signs of the coming chaos. When the festival opened its doors today. Organizers of this year's Astroworld Fest promoted it using clips of fans storming a prior event while some people were trampled while trying to enter. At a New York City concert in 2017, Scott encouraged a man to jump from the balcony and into the crowd. Scott was also arrested and fined that year for inviting fans to bypass security and rush the stage at another concert. And in 2015, the hip-hop star was arrested for urging fans to hop over barricades at the Lollapalooza Festival. Travis Scott says he is devastated and announced tonight that he will cover the funeral costs of all eight victims. He's also partnered with a mental health services company that works online and will provide free therapy to all of those affected. Nora. Lilia Luciano, thank you so much. We want to turn out of the dramatic testimony today in the Kyle Rittenhouse trial. A paramedic who was shot by Rittenhouse at a protest talked on the stand about his tense confrontation with the teenager before taking a bullet in the arm. CBS's Nancy Chen is covering the trial in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Jurors watched footage of the moment Kyle Rittenhouse shot Gage Grosskreutz at close range with an AR-15 style weapon. What was going through your mind? at this particular moment, that I was going to die. Grosskreutz says he lost 90% of his bicep. 
that looks like my bicep being vaporized. Grosskreutz, a professionally trained medic, treated nearly a dozen protesters that night. He says he heard gunshots and ran toward them. I thought that the defendant was an active shooter. Today, the jury will show new drone video of Rittenhouse shooting and killing Joseph Rosenbaum. A crowd chased and confronted Rittenhouse as he fled that scene. Then Rittenhouse shot and killed another protester before wounding Grosskreutz. Rittenhouse claims he was acting in self-defense. His attorney questioned Grosskreutz's actions leading to the shooting. When you were standing three to five feet from him, it wasn't until you pointed your gun at him, advanced on him with your gun, now your hands down, pointed at him, that he fired, right? Correct. Defense attorney Joe Tamburino, who isn't connected to the case, says both sides are leaning heavily on Grosskreutz's testimony. When you have a witness on the stand who almost died, they can be very powerful witnesses on either side. And the prosecution has said they will rest their case tomorrow. The defense has indicated that Rittenhouse himself may take the stand, and that could be in the next few days, Nora. Nancy Chen, thank you. Well, tonight, the international lockdown is ending as the U.S. reopens its borders to vaccinated passengers from more than 30 countries, just as we head into the holiday season. We get more now from CBS's Errol Barnett. After more than a year apart, New Jersey residents Aisha and Vincent Matthew finally introduced Aisha's mother and sister, who live in England, to their growing family. The hardest part was not having them here to meet my son when he was born, to miss my other son's second birthday, all the milestones that you want your mom and your sister to be a part of. Aisha's mother also couldn't be happier, getting to hold her six-month-old grandson Aaron for the very first time. Monday morning, British Airways and Virgin Atlantic took off simultaneously from London en route to New York as part of celebrations marking the end of U.S. COVID restrictions in place since March of 2020. Now nationals from 33 countries can come to the States for non-essential travel so long as they are vaccinated and provide a negative COVID test within three days of departure. Those under 18 need only a negative test result. It's been an amazing uh, day for the team. Jose Freig with American Airlines tells CBS News demand for flights is up 74% from Brazil and 66% from the UK within the past few months. The pent-up demand is there. Customers have been, uh, you know, chopping in the bid to come here. Uh, and we're really excited that, that, we can, uh, that we can now transport customers from these countries into the U.S. Travel from Canada and Mexico also resumed overnight, leading to long lines on the northern and southern U.S. borders. As for Aisha, she just wants to hold her mom and sister. Um, and after I've done that, I'm going to throw both the kids at them and I'm going to go and take a nice long nap. So. Now, here on the tarmac in Charlotte, you can see a 777 behind me, which delivered passengers from London's Heathrow Airport and in moments will head back over the pond. But Europe is seeing a surge in COVID cases driven by the unvaccinated, really uh, confirming that the key to continuing international travel, Nora, is getting vaccinated. All right, Errol Barnett on the tarmac tonight. Thanks, Errol. And we have some other big headlines tonight on the pandemic. First Lady Jill Biden kicked off a nationwide campaign for child vaccinations today. She joined the Surgeon General at an elementary school in McLean, Virginia, where the first polio vaccines were actually given out in 1954. 
That's interesting. All right. The Biden administration's new vaccine rule for companies with 100 or more employees is on hold. But the Department of Justice is defending the new policy, saying tonight that it's necessary to address that grave danger of COVID. And so now we wait to see how the courts respond. And some promising news we learned today that Regeneron's monoclonal antibody treatment reduces the risk of COVID by more than 80 percent for up to eight months. All right, now to the growing struggle to feed families in need. The price of meat, poultry, fish and eggs in U.S. cities has soared by about 15 percent since last year. More Americans are being forced to find help at food banks. And now those vital safety nets are hurting, too. Here's CBS's Mark Strassman. Outside Food Pantry 279, they wait for a weekly food box that's half what it was a year ago. But retirees Elaine Stalkub and Mary Lou Shields bring gratitude, not attitude. How much of a difference does this make? A lot. It's hard to make it if you don't come here. Founder Cindy Chavez feeds about 6,000 people a month, their last link in a supply chain crisis. It's not as much as normal, but it's, it's something. They're going to get something. Better than nothing. Absolutely. Better than nothing. Hoosier Hills supplies local food pantries. Almost everything's down. Federal commodities, retail donations, cash donations, down by half. What's up? Prices. Overall, a one-year drop in supplies of 22%. All those sources that we relied on dried up. So for every five pounds of food you need, you're getting four. That's accurate, yeah. We followed this truck heading to Pantry 279. Well, bless your heart. Where people like Stalkub and Shields live in America's shadows. Compared to a year ago, is feeding yourself more of a struggle? Yes. I can't afford to go to the grocery store. And when I do, it's, it's pitiful. I mean, what I could get for $50, I'd say three months ago you can't today. Typical, Chavez says. We've had so many people tell us we would starve if you weren't here. And that's kind of a hard thing to accept. Wall Street's booming. But at Pantry 279, prosperity feels like a world away. Mark Strassman, CBS News, Bloomington, Indiana. Well, for parents who want a baby and struggle to conceive, it can be an emotional roller coaster. And for two couples, that journey took an unthinkable turn. CBS's Medea Vidal has the story of an IVF mix-up. We kind of dreamed of two girls, but, you know. For three years, Daphne and Alexander Cardinale tried to have a second child. Finally, with IVF, they were thrilled to welcome a baby girl in September 2019. But immediately, Alexander felt something was wrong. When was the point where you said, something's not right? I had a weird sort of a gut reaction when she was born. It wasn't anything logical. It was just, it was just like an instinct. Like- Two months later, a DNA test confirmed their worst fear. The infant was not their biological daughter. Daphna was implanted with a stranger's embryo, who in turn received theirs. That woman, who wishes to remain anonymous, gave birth a week earlier to the Cardinale's biological daughter. When I found out she wasn't mine, and so I, like, poured, I poured more love into her. I don't know. Maybe I was just clinging to her. But um, I was just so scared I was going to lose her, which I ultimately did. And the Cardinale's felt robbed of their time with their biological daughter. We had to play a lot of catch-up. 
While the babies were returned to their biological parents, the couple is now suing their physician, California Center for Reproductive Health, and a third-party embryology lab for alleged misconduct, including medical malpractice and negligence. According to the complaint, CCRH thought that the embryos had gotten mixed up when an embryology lab in vitro tech was taking biopsies to send in for genetic testing. We can't sleep at night knowing that, that this is happening and no one's doing any, no one's talking about it. We reached out to the fertility clinic, the doctor, and the lab involved in this lawsuit, but none of them have reached out back to us, have gotten back to us at this point. Almost 2% of American children are conceived now through assisted reproductive technology. With that in mind, the couple that we spoke with says their advice is simple. Ask a lot of questions and demand to know what protocols are in place to keep patients safe. Nora? What an awful, awful story, Maria Vidal. Thank you. And now to an update on our investigation into military sexual assault and domestic violence. In a new draft report obtained exclusively by CBS News, the Pentagon's inspector general will show how the military has failed to handle special victims' cases. Now, under federal law, these types of cases should be handled by a trained special victim prosecutor. But the report is expected to reveal that that did not happen in nearly two-thirds of the cases between 2018 and 2020. Some branches are worse than others. Special prosecutors were not assigned to 94 percent of the cases in the Air Force. Both the Army and the Navy failed to follow the law in 59 percent of the cases, and the Marine Corps, 30 percent of the cases. Now, the report backs up what dozens of survivors have told us in the course of our investigations. The military says it can't comment on unreleased reports, but says it is taking, quote, deliberative and substantive action to address sexual assault in its ranks. We're going to continue to follow this story, and you can read our full report at cbsnews.com. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way. Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Tonight, some disturbing new satellite images show that the Chinese military has been using mock-ups of U.S. warships for target practice. The targets include full-scale models of a U.S. aircraft carrier and two destroyers. A Pentagon spokesman today said the U.S. continues to be concerned about China's actions. All right, in case you missed the memo, red meat's out, avocado toast is in. Research to be presented this week to the American Heart Association finds that high amounts of red or processed meat increase your risk of strokes. Eating lots of vegetable fat and polyunsaturated fats like vegetable oils and certain nuts and seeds lowers it. All this week on the CBS Evening News, we'll highlight the service and sacrifice of America's military. Every year, more than 250,000 Americans transition from active duty to, to civilian life. And sometimes that comes with feelings of isolation and loneliness. As we kick off our series honoring our heroes, CBS's Janet Shamlian introduces us to former service members trying to change that one mile at a time. Along a Tennessee highway, a runner carrying the American flag is an attention getter. 
What type of reaction do you get? We get a lot of honks. I've had people <laughs> wave at me. But for Army veteran Christine Barreras, what looks like a solo pursuit has never felt more collaborative. What was happening before you joined this group? I started to fall into a deeper depression and isolation. A feeling many have expressed after leaving the military, and the reason more than 1,100 veterans have joined the support group Team Red, White, and Blue for a Stars and Stripes carrying relay that started September 11th in New York and is making its way across nine states, finishing 2,500 miles later in Atlanta, on Veterans Day. Team Red, White, and Blue's mission really is to help foster that sense of community that we felt when we were on active duty and that we often leave behind when we transition to the civilian world. Through downpours, often with families in tow, Beautiful. the trek has taken the flag from rural forests to Pennsylvania farm fields, across a high school stadium, and past the Jefferson Memorial. This day's relay ends in Nashville. But it's just the start, Barrera says, of her new chapter. To get back into that connection, that camaraderie, and get back to being driven and have purpose again. A new mission for veterans seeking motivation and connection, this time as warriors of the road. Yeah! Janet Shamley in CBS News, Nashville. And we want to know about a veteran in your life. So use the hashtag honoring our heroes to send us your pictures. Tomorrow, Honoring Our Heroes continues with a new app that helps veterans find the mental health assistance that they need. So we'll see you back here tomorrow. I'm Nora O'Donnell. Good night. The Hargan women seem to have it all. We were blessed. My mom was amazing. But detectives would soon discover... Inside the house, there were the bodies of two women. A story of betrayal you would struggle to believe if it wasn't true. I am just praying to God this is a sick joke. From 48 Hours, this is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings, early and ad-free on Wondery Plus. Hi, this is Jill Schlesinger, CBS News business analyst, certified financial planner, and host of the Money Watch podcast. This is the show where your money is not scary and it's not boring. It is a show that's all about you. It's your questions that make it possible for me to provide unconventional and entertaining insights on your money and maybe more importantly, on your life. I'm going to be your financial coach, someone who brings common sense and an insider's perspective on how to manage your money and your emotions. And I promise we are going to have a little bit of fun along the way. Have a question from retirement to career changes to college funding? Just send us an email at askjill at jillonmoney.com. Follow Money Watch wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen ad-free on the Amazon Music or Wondery app.